God of light and life, open our eyes as well as our ears so that we may not only hear your word preached today, but then see your word lived out in our lives and in our world through Christ our Lord, the light of the world. Amen. of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. This, my friends, is a ridiculous story. 
This is the sort of ridiculous story one can only find in the Bible. God truly works in wild and mysterious ways, and we can see that in this passage about two very unlikely pregnant women. Elizabeth is past her childbearing prime. She's never been able to have children, and one day, an angel appeared to her husband announcing her pregnancy and quite literally striking him speechless until the baby's birth. And this late-life, unexpected baby is the prophet who will usher in the ministry of the long-awaited Messiah. And then there is young Mary, probably a young teenager, not married yet, a virgin, no money or real resources, miraculously pregnant and carrying the very Son of God. And Mary's not the only one who knows how special this baby growing in her womb is. He's so special that the other baby actually jumps for joy in Elizabeth's belly. These two women, highly unlikely and probably marginalized and ignored by society, they are the ones carrying the future of God's people and the message of salvation. And this isn't just a short little girl's lunch together either. Mary stays with Elizabeth for three months. What we see here in this passage is the Reader's Digest version of their time together. The highlights reel, the edited for time TV version of the movie. We see their greetings to one another, their encouragement, and then Mary's song. The song is sometimes referred to as the Magnificat, and we'll be singing a version of it just after the sermon this morning. Mary and Elizabeth, a strange and unexpected pair, greeting one another, encouraging one another, comforting one another, and singing God's praises together. Mary and Elizabeth have some significantly different life experiences. One old, one young, one married, one engaged, one in a stable family situation, one about to find herself in a stable starting a family, both about to do something amazing by being faithful to God. When we think about Mary, we often think about her love for the world, the love she showed for everyone by stepping out on a limb and putting her reputation and her pending marriage on the line by accepting this holy mission. I have a painting in my office at St. Andrews of Mary holding Jesus as he's being taken off the cross. And in her eyes, you can see the love and the pain that she has in that moment. Her robes are rounded in the picture, and they're blue and green. They look a bit like the earth, symbolizing the life of love for all people that she lived. The things that she gave up in her life and the pain that she went through for the sake of Jesus' mission of loving everyone. Elizabeth's son would also meet an early and violent death because of his role in the story. Neither Mary nor Elizabeth had an easy task ahead. And that's why Mary and Elizabeth needed each other. That's why this passage is too important to leave out of the story. 
In spite of their differences, Mary and Elizabeth were called to difficult but important roles in God's work of loving the world. But before they could move forward in loving the world and spreading the gospel story, they had to sit with one another and reflect on God, on their mission, and on God's faithfulness before they could go forth. They had to be prepared, and it took them three whole months. Think about that. A normal pregnancy is nine months long. They spent a full third of their pregnancies together, reflecting, connecting, and preparing. Mary has been given this incredible announcement via angel, but instead of rushing out to tell everyone and diving right into this job of being the Messiah's mom, she goes first to someone in her close community, in her family. You see, before she could go out into the world and play a powerful role in God's mission, she met with someone close to her. Those are the relationships that, when nurtured, help us break out into the world in powerful ways. I love Christmas, if any of you had missed that memo. I love the decorations and the joy and the wonder and just the everything about it. I actually and truly squeal a little bit with excitement when I see the Christmas Eve candles come out of the cupboard to sing Silent Night with. I love Christmas music. I know some of you are probably wondering about that because we haven't really sung them on Sunday mornings yet, but it takes away from the importance of Advent when we rush the Christmas liturgy and music too much. A big part of the beauty of Christmas is that it pops out in this enormous, giant celebration all at once at the end of this reflection time that we do as a community during Advent. When the rest of the world is dashing around in a frenzy, trying to get ready for what seems to be, um, for many people, just a big, giant hassle, we get to sit together and really dwell in the story. We get to hang out and connect and reflect like Mary and Elizabeth did. I promise that tomorrow night and for every Sunday during the seasons of Christmas and Epiphany, we will let loose with the Christmas hymns. But we can't rush this time of reflection and connection, even when we are so close that it is tomorrow. We will find ourselves unprepared for real participation in the loving work of Christ if we rush any part of the story. Now, music is definitely important, and we seem to know it in our souls. Many of the great divides in church history have been over music. If we look at how the author of this gospel tells the story, we see that the songs are an important part of the storytelling of this whole story. And so we can't skip any of them. Luke doesn't. We see Zechariah's song when he finds out he's going to be a father in his old age. We will read the song of Simeon later after Jesus' birth. We have the song of the angels to the shepherds that we will sing about tomorrow night. And here today, we have Mary's song of praise as she reflects with her family about the wonderful thing that is about to happen. Luke tells the story at the beginning by weaving songs into it. These songs mark stages in the progression of the story, just as our patterns of worship and song and scripture mark stages in the progression of how we tell the story in our worship times together. This is a hard time of year for many, and in rushing the story, we can often forget that. It's easy to jump straight to the joy and to miss the healing, the reflection, the preparation. 
Many of us have been hurt this year by other people, by family or friends or coworkers or maybe even other people in the congregation. Many of us have suffered the pain of a loved one's death this year. Some of us feel unprepared for the things that God calls us to do and to say and to be. We've got a hard job, my friends. We are all in different places of life. But in the midst of that, we have some things in common. We are all brothers and sisters. We are a family in Christ. We are like Mary and Elizabeth to one another in that way. We are a strange and unexpected group of people. Some of us are stranger and more unexpected than others. Who come together regularly, greeting one another, encouraging one another, comforting one another, and singing God's praises together. And we are like Mary and Elizabeth to one another in another important way as well. We are all called to a mission of love for the world around us after this time of greeting and encouraging and comforting and singing. It's an important mission that we cannot let slide, nor can we rush into it unprepared. We need one another now more than ever. We need to sit in quiet reflection together about the mission that we've been given to love the world and to sing the songs of God's promise and goodness. It's important to spend time in that tension before getting to the big moment we've all been waiting for. Even when that moment is so close, we can smell the cookies baking. We, like Mary and Elizabeth, need to spend time reflecting quietly with one another. So in the next two days, less than two days at this point, as we ramp up to the big event, let's remember to be in prayer for one another. Sing God's praises together. And remember the task of loving people and spreading the gospel is big, but the joy is mighty, and we are not left alone or unprepared. Amen.